Welcome, everyone, to the Wild Will Throwdown, Episode 3, presented by White's Auto Sales. Of course, for a new, nicer used car, you can go see the selection of vehicles they have at 1311 US 31 Austin, Indiana, or give them a call at 812-794-2886. But first, before the show today, I'd like to say, please remember um, all the family of USAC Sprint Car driver Justin Owens that passed away this past Saturday night in a tragic Sprint Car accident at the Lawrenceburg Speedway. Uh, thoughts and prayers go out to him, of course, the whole racing community. Um, keep him in your thoughts and prayers, his family, that is. And uh, uh, definitely did what he loved to do and uh, just unfortunate circumstances there for Justin Owen. But uh, also joining me, as always, the guru of race eight, Mr. Hawk Harold Adams, the man Hawk. We were busy this past weekend, man. So much going on. And finally, I believe the weather cooperated a little bit more. And that was nice to see. Yeah, we were busy, and that's, of course, the way we like it. But, yeah, the weather uh, getting a little bit better as we get more closer into uh, summertime, if you will. So uh, it was still still a little chilly out there, but, you know, we'll take it to uh, be able to see some good racing. Absolutely. Now, today's show, a big show. Uh, of course, we will preview the results from the weekend. Have my special guest, Mr. Glenn Luckett. Uh, upcoming preview for this week and weekend will be also in there. But uh, So let's get it started, Hawk. ton of racing this past weekend, so let's start off with the Circle City Raceway. We were in questioning a little bit of if we were going to have the track ready, but uh, the track crew kicked ass and gave us the green light. It was a phenomenal night at Circle City Raceway. We had the Tadley Towing and Recovery Crate Late Models, the Sherco Group UMP Modifieds, the Super Stocks Pro Legends and Mod Lights, and, man, it was a great night at Circle City Raceway. Everyone did a fin- fantastic job. The staff, um, Eddie and Shannon, Donna Van Meter and the gang, and uh, my crew up in the tower, uh, very proud of all of them. But, uh, of course, the crate victory went to Total Chaos Chad Stapleton. The UMP Dirt Car Modifieds win went to Will Bennett. Many wins to his credit. The Superstock win went to Justin Massey. The pro legend belonged to Aaron Smith, and the mod light went to Brandon Freeberg. We appreciate all of those guys and girls racing with us this past weekend up at Circle City Raceway. Now, let's go next door. and We saw great racing at the Indianapolis Speedrome on Saturday. It was the Browns Oil Service late model figure eight on hand again as Ben Tunney clinched the win. The Hearts Auto Center, uh, excuse me, the Hearts Auto Center factory front wheel drives were on hand. Feature one went to Wes Stegman, and feature two went to Cameron Snap. Two drivers that know how to park it in victory lane there in the Hornet division. Look at me, I'm already getting my dirt and my asphalt mixed up. Front wheel drives, Hawk. Can I believe I called them Hornets? Ah, uh, well, they're the same thing. So close enough, right? Yeah, you know that's one thing about it. That should have been our topic of the week: lingo from different divisions. Uh, you know, you were talking last week about the Stingers. I think Stingers, Hornets, front-wheel drives, hobby stocks, you know, it's just all over the place. But also on hand was the Circle City Pyrotechnics Junior Fast Cart. Saw Larry Lynch Jr. win feature one. Braylon Etter won feature two. And then feature three went to Colin Dickey. And, man, Harold, it seems like they have more and more junior fast carts each time at Speedrome. Yeah, I mean, it's a great thing to see. You know, that's that's kind of a – a way of them to uh, get younger kids and a group of uh, younger ones into racing like that. So it's really great to see you see a good crop of youngsters out there racing. And the BASA Security Fords made their first appearance of 2023, and I think you and I talked about this. Great car count of the Fords. Really, it was for Speedrome. You know, you can't really compare anything with Sportsdrome on how their Fords are built 
but man, how about the car count at the Indianapolis Speedrome? Josh Gar clinched oval and figure eight, but I believe they had 18, 18 on the figure eight course, which is smaller than sports drums in most tracks that have figure eight tracks. But they also saw 22 on the oval. That's pretty impressive for them. Yeah, I mean it's 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 right up there uh, as uh, as much as they've had uh, you know since they started a four division. Of course, it's up there. Uh, they also have as a starter division, if you will. You know, their factory front wheel drives are basically stock and a good way to get involved in racing. But if you want to do the you know the old school bomber type racing, you can do the Fords, and uh, it's great to see the car count up on that too now. Oh, yeah, no doubt, and uh, you're exactly right. Car counts are booming at the speed drum, so that's very good to see. Uh, and really, a lot of places, it, it's good to see. But uh, let's head south to the Sports Drum Speedway. Uh, I was there on Saturday night enjoying the racing action. But, uh, Hawk, what happened down at the Sports Drum Speedway this past Saturday? Well, of course, we uh, talked about it last week. It was a big night, a uh, special night, uh, Rocky Glover Memorial Night, uh, celebrating Rocky's uh, uh all his contributions there to the track and his life. Uh, everybody, uh, anybody involved with racing down this way knows who Rocky Glover is. They talked to him somehow or another and uh, helped out with a bunch of racers. And so he's a great guy, great loss uh, to lose him. And uh, it was great to have a special night. He always did the Keep Cool 100, so the track kept that going and made this one in his memory. And so it was for the uh, – Kentucky and Tank Wash modified figure eight division hundred lapper, and it was a really good race. Uh, not the car count they want just yet. They still got some cars being built and uh, going to be out this season. But they had thirteen cars, and they really put on a great show. Went green flag the whole way. Had some good close calls, good racing, and it was great to see a youngster win. Uh, his first big race, it was uh, the number nine, Robbie Greenwell, the uh, son of a uh, legendary, if you will, uh, figure eight driver in this area, Darren Greenwell. So it was really great to see the youngster win. I know you were really happy about that too, Will. Yeah, no no doubt. And it was really great to see the clean racing uh, between him and uh, Jerry Isrig. Uh you know, that that was a battle. You know, we, we talked about that in the press box, you and I, because, you know, we didn't know what kind of race we were going to see because a lot of times with 14, 13 cars, yeah, 100 lappers seem like an eternity, right? So, you know, we see 25, 30, 35, 40, even 50 be a great race for that. It kind of worried all of us, I believe, to see a 100 lapper, but uh, we didn't know about how tire we're going to hold up. Uh, on the compound and whatnot, and uh, but man, all the way to the end, it was great. You know, tough break, uh, third place finisher there, Matt Johnson. Uh, him and Andy Perryman uh, got tangled up, total accident. Andy Perryman, very clean racer. Uh, I, you know, they're fine with each other. But uh, if uh, Matt Johnson, I think he was up there, he would have had a little more for those two front running cars. But uh, man, Isrig running there, of course, the fifty eight for Dell Shelton until Dell Shelton's car gets finished, but. Uh, that was a phenomenal uh, 100 lap for the uh, Kentucky and Tank Wash Modified Figure 8. Yeah, it was a uh, basically a pretty clean race, and they put on a good show. And as you said, uh, Isbrig had a good run uh, in that car. Uh, he actually was a fast qualifier, 21.311 is what he clocked in at. And uh, he led the race for quite a while there. And then, uh, believe it or not, even with the, the low car count like that, the intersection came into play there. There was a big pack of cars battling, and he had to let up a little bit, which led Robbie Greenwell right up there with him. And they battled side by 
by side for several laps, but uh, Robbie finally get ahead of him. I believe tires were kind of coming into play there a little bit on the 58 machine. He told me it was getting a little bit harder to handle, but uh, uh, really good job there by uh, both drivers. They're keeping it clean, and as I said, Robbie Greenwell with the win. There uh, is Brig was second, and Matt Johnson, as you mentioned, came back up through the field and uh, finished third. So a good race overall there. Also seen the ICA Dumpster Sportsman Division. Uh, good race there with the 18 Chad Dealey taking the victory on that one. Uh, we had, of course, the Affordable Fords, as we mentioned, uh, always coming out in Groves. Now, they set the record on opening day a couple weeks ago with about 67 Fords on hand. Well, they broke that this week with 72 cars for the Ford Oval Division. So they ran two, uh, excuse me, three full features, an A, a B, and a C. And in that A feature, it was uh, uh, a former Dromer champion from years ago there at the Sports Drome, the 80 of Mike Kessler getting the victory. And in the B feature, it was a 49 of Nick Payne catching the victory on that one. And in the C feature, I believe uh, last night, uh, the last race of the season, running in the seven car for Chucky Bomber was AJC taking the victory there. Also want to mention they had a trophy dash to start off with. Uh, Arthur Baker, uh, first time there uh, this season, a brand-new car. Never even had practice or anything that night. Brought it home to victory in the trophy dash for the Ford Ovals in the 48 machine. Also, uh, the Ford on the figure eight, good car count there. Had about, I think it was 22 cars started, and it was a wild one. It had actually seen three intersection uh, incidents, if you will, two clips, one involving the leader. Brandon Winters actually clipping the back of the Dolly Bar Mitrovich's 19 car. I got a good picture of that on race eight. And uh, also we had a really, really tough hit. The 01 Brandon Bailey and the X45 of Blake Durham really hitting hard there. Brought the, everything to a red there. Both drivers okay, although Brandon Bailey did suffer a concussion. and uh, But uh, no, uh, nothing else really going on there. So he's going to take a little break for a couple weeks, and he says uh, he'll probably be fine. So hopefully a quick recovery there. We'll see him back out. They're going to build another car, they said. Plus, he does have a sportsman car, too, he's working on. So be interesting to see him come back out there. But all after all of that, it was a 31, as I said. Even getting uh, clipped there at the intersection, taking home the victory, the 31 of Brandon Winters. And also don't forget about the Fords on the Powder Puff. The ladies were in action again. Uh, the 77 Tiffany Shelton uh, looking strong out there and getting the victory there. And the Smack Talkers were on hand with a couple of events. Ken Tungett ter- took the first victory in the 28. Uh, the short oval, if you will. Then they did a figure eight race at the end, a small figure eight race, and it was uh, Jeff Blackwell taking home the victory there in the 12 machine. So overall, good action this week at the Sportsdrome Speedway. Yeah, beautiful weather. Uh, definitely got cold at night, but uh, definitely no rain, so we'll we'll take that. Well, let's switch a little bit to the dirt. Florence Speedway up in Florence, Kentucky. Walton, Kentucky, if you will, had a regular night of racing there. The UMP Modifieds, Blake Brown picked up the win. Crate Late Models, Dustin Linville, the Hornets, Kenny Stewart. Sport Mods, Andrew Corden and Corbin. And Crown Vicks, Anthony Finley. 
uh, picked up the wins up there. Of course, we go down here to Brownstown Speedway. It was the Ira Baston Memorial for the Northern All-Stars Late Model Dirt Car Series. And uh, my buddy James Essex, congratulations on a very successful 54 Super Late Models on hand. Uh, very cool. Bobby Pierce picked up that Super Late Model win. Peter Hall, Super Stocks, Brandon Carr parked in victory lane again. Josh Turner picked up the all-in-one pull. Pure Stock. And guess who won the Hornets there, Hawk? Oh, tell me who it was. Michael Brewer. Oh, I think I've heard of him. I'm telling you, he he's picking up where he left off in 2022. Um, so Michael Brewer back on top there at Brownstown Speedway. Some of the top dirt series, the Kyle Larson Challenge at the Volunteer Speedway down in Bulls Gap, Tennessee, where Kyle Larson picked up the win in the Rumley-owned number six car. That is one of my favorite dirt tracks. If you've never been, I always recommend it. Volunteer Speedway, Bulls Gap, Tennessee, beautiful facility. Uh, Vic Hill and him are bringing that track back. It's good to see. NASCAR was a course on the dirt at Bristol Motor Speedway this past weekend on Easter weekend. Saturday, Joey Logano picked up the win in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series, and Christopher Bell last night won the cup race there on the dirt at Bristol Motor Speedway. Hawk, awesome weekend of racing. Man, I tell you what, it's uh, pretty incredible that we're, we're selling through April right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, it's uh, racing season's here. That's the way I feel like it. I'm, I'm, I'm in full throttle now and uh, getting things going at the Sports Drone. We're getting ready to uh, go to other tracks, you know, and do the things there. So uh, things are in full force, and we are ready for the season. Yep, it's you and I's favorite time of the year. It's, uh, you know, it's just uh, travel here and there, and I know that you try to go to other tracks when you don't have to be at Sports Drum because you are the photographer there. And, you know, me, I have certain places I am, a Circle City being the main spot, but uh, I do work at other tracks as well when I'm not doing that. So it's it's the love in our blood, I call it. Uh, it's it's good time. But uh, coming up next, uh, we'll continue with our next segment, our first guest of the 2023 season Going to be none other than the former director at CRA, Championship Racing Association, and now the general manager of the newly vamped Salem Speedway, Mr. Glenn Luckett, will come back on the hotline when we return here at the Wild Will Throwdown. And welcome back to the Wild Will Throwdown, episode number three of season three. Uh, joining me now on the hotline is the gentleman that's been around motorsports for quite some time, formerly with CRA and now the GM of Salem Speedway, Mr. Glenn Luckett. Glenn, thank you so much for joining me today, my friend. No problem. Thank you, Will. You kind of make me sound old there. <laughs> hey, you know, uh, quite some time. I, I figured when I was writing this stuff up that you would say that. So, hey, that's just uh, more tenure, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, Glenn, um, our listeners love knowing how many of my guests in our industry got started. And uh, so that's my first question. Give our listeners a glimpse on how Glenn Luckett got started in the sport we love. Well, my dad kind of got me started. First of all, we used to go to the old fairground speedway and watch races there. And then I kind of got out of it for a while and then started going again. And then I decided when I was 30 that I wanted to be a race car driver when, when Louisville opened and uh, had me a street stock and raced at Louisville for oh, about 10 years, racing street stock stuff and racing sportsman stuff. And then in 95, uh, Owen Thompson acquired Salem Speedway and, at the time I was living up here, I just moved up here a few years before that and decided I'd put a resume into Owen about, you know, working at the racetrack. I'd been in the food industry for a while. and was ready to get out of that. So Owen called me up and interviewed me and said, uh, he remembered 
me having one of the best sponsored street stocks at Louisville. So he said, I'm going to hire you as my marketing man, my marketing guy. So I started that in 95 and about 97, I became the general manager and stayed through 2000. Um, in 97, we started CRA, us and uh, Winchester Speedway, Anderson Speedway and IRP. And we incorporated that in 98 and I became the director of that and did that all the way up through the end of last year. Uh, so we, we actually sold CRA a year ago, January, to Track Enterprises, Bob Sargent. And my agreement was to uh, stay a year. I stayed my year. And then Nick Mohannon called me one day and asked me if I'd be interested to come and work for him at uh, Salem Speedway. So he needed me to be his general manager. And it was an opportunity for me to get off the road after 25 years of traveling every weekend from April to October. So it was a good opportunity and a good way to come back and back to the track I started all that. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I've gotten to know you well uh, at Salem, the first race I announced there with Don in Halloween 200 of 2021. Then, of course, Matt Lawn Speedway, uh, it's kind of one-off for both of us, really. Uh, Harold right. Adams, myself, you, we just took care of some stuff in the 2022 season, really enjoyed it up there, great car counts. Um, but, of course, uh, then you were with CRA, and then uh, you, you just explained why you left CRA. So uh, I, I figured, you know, it's like a lot of things, you know, the home life and whatnot and always on the road. Uh, but what was the big deciding factor of leaving CRA um, and the decision on going to Salem? I know, of course, Nick reached out to you. We know that story. And, and basically, right. it's your home track. It's in your backyard. But uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. so CRA, you, you were on the road all the time. So was that one of the biggest deciding factors for leaving the Championship Racing Association? Yeah, just, I mean, I'd miss so many things. Uh, I've got five grandkids now. And just, you know, they're starting to grow up. And I just felt like it was time to, you know, cut back a little bit. I mean, actually, probably the last three years, I'd probably traveled more and done more races than I had in a long time between doing, like you said, Mount Lawn and helping down at Nashville and all the CRA stuff and actually helping out here several times, too. And I just felt like it was a good opportunity. I mean, Nick, you know, he wanted to bring the track back to what it used to be, and I felt like it was a great opportunity. You know, Nick's young, and he's a go-getter, and he's really wanting to make the place you know, look really good and kind of do a lot of improvements, which he's already started. I'm sure we'll talk about that. But it's, I felt like it was an opportunity to come back home. And to me, it's kind of a road to retirement. I mean, I feel like I'm slowing down a little bit. I'm ready to stop. So I got some years going, and this will be a good way. I started my racing career at, at this track, and I think, feel like that's where I'm going to end it at. No, that, that's pretty cool. Um, you know, you say start and end it, but – you know, that, now we'll go into this. So let's talk about the famed Speedway. I believe Salem Speedway opened the same year as Sportstrom did. A lot of tracks in the Midwest, yep. that 1947 uh, feel yes, to sir. it. And, uh, you know, just me seeing the old pictures of what the place looked like, I think dirt is where it started. But uh, it's pretty incredible, the changes it went through. But uh, now, what made you so excited hearing that, uh, of course, Nick Bohannon bought the property or, or purchased it and whatnot? Um, yes, I've been out there. I've seen all kinds of different, uh, it's a different feel. The property is changing just right in front of you. There's so many great improvements, but what makes you most excited about the purchase by Nick Bohannon and you teaming up with him? That has to be pretty exciting to see this track kind of, uh, glitz and glamour are lightening up each and every day. Oh yeah. I mean, to be out here with somebody who shares, you know, the history of this track and appreciates the history and the people that have raced here and and definitely not wanting this place to go away. I mean, there's too many racetracks that have closed over the last, especially the last five or six years. And 
it's good to see somebody that, that wants to see this track not only stay open, but improve it, get it to back, you know, where it needs to be and, and build on that. I mean, he's already talking, you know, plans for next year and two years and three years. So it's something that he's, he's got a vested interest in it. And I like that. I wanted to come work for somebody who, who wasn't just going to open it. Oh, I don't like it. Close it. You know, no, he's, he's got an interest in it. And he wants it to succeed. And I like being part of that. No, no doubt. And of course, everyone's optimism uh, towards Salem Speedway and what you guys are doing there is bright. And many people see that. Could you speak on some of the improvements that you guys have made in prep for the 2023 season? I know I've seen some of it, but people who haven't heard about it or seen social media, could you just give a glimpse on some of the improvements you guys are making around the uh, famed Salem Speedway? Sure. Uh, the biggest one that people are going to notice is we've got some uh, some new asphalt. You know, the whole track didn't get done, but, you know, Nick, he bit the bullet and, and made a, a sizable investment there. I mean, we took out most of the front stretch, uh, milled out most of the back stretch, and got some big patches and turns one and two. And it's really just taking the place of some of the trash. Some of that asphalt hadn't been touched since 1977. Wow. So it, it, it needed to be, you know, it needed to be done. At first, he was just going to do some patchwork. And, you know, we had four different companies come look at it and bid on it. And E&B out of New Albany said, sit down with him and said, hey, we, we think we've got a good plan and a work. We're going to work with you. And, you know, it's an investment for the future because just patching, you're going to have to go back and do that again. So these guys came in. They were supposed to start last Monday. Unfortunately, Mother Nature didn't cooperate. We actually didn't get started till last Thursday. Finished it up Friday, and it's done. I mean, they're out there sweeping on it today and getting it ready. I mean, we can't have anybody on the racetrack because they want the cure, so we won't have anybody on it till we have open practice this Saturday. So everybody kind of starts on a, on a clean <laughs> sheet of paper there next weekend to see what happens. Um, I mean, it's they did a really nice job. Uh, we, you know, the seams, the people were worried about the seams from the new to the old, but I think they really did a nice job to where there's really not, you really don't notice it very much. There's not a big bump there when they go back and forth. So I think it's going to be great. I mean, it's, it's something that was needed for the track. Uh, he's talking, you know, into the season about doing all of one and two and possibly putting another coat on three and four. So, you know, it's next, this time next year, we could be looking at a totally, totally paved new racetrack. Yeah, so that's that's, that's really exciting. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And go ahead. I said I think it, you know that's just the drop in the bucket. I mean, he's there's been an electrician here for three weeks, basically re- rewiring everything, uh, trying to get it all up to code and get it to where you know the lights don't turn off and things things run properly. Uh, this weekend, unfortunately, we're not going to have the concession stand behind the grandstand open. We are going to have some food trucks here just because trying to get equipment updated and get new equipment ordered. It just didn't all get here as soon as we wanted it to. But basically the whole uh, concession stand is being remodeled, all new equipment. They've uh, redone the floors and all new uh, commodes in the bathrooms. They hadn't been done in a long time, needed some upgrading. So that's all be nice and ready to go this weekend. They're going to start to work on the third floor. There'll be a new floor put in up there. Uh, they're putting in new paint, some new drywall in places. So, New air conditioning, new heating units up in the VIP suite. So that that's all been improved. He's got a new scoreboard. That the Daytronics scoreboard is coming. It probably won't be here till about halfway through the season. But uh, brand new one of those coming. Really, just want to make that look right. We're going to go in, 
with the milling of the front stretch, we're going to have to put in some new scoring loops. So we're going to go ahead and replace all the scoring loops. So we'll have a new scoring loop on the short track, pit road, and on the front stretch of the racetrack. So we're pretty excited about all that stuff. Yeah, that, that's awesome. You know, um, I was out there, I think, a couple weeks back, We, me and you sat down and I talked to you and Nick was over there in three and, or excuse me, one and two with his, uh, I always call him his toys, his playground. And he was clearing <laughs> out all those woods over there and trees and he was not scared. He was getting up on the high banks and he was, oh, yeah. he was mowing yep. it. I just couldn't believe what I was seeing that uh, he's definitely optimistic and invested he's all in and, and making that place great again but uh now let's talk a little bit about the 2023 schedule coming up this year sure. uh you know tons of racing you know uh, the one big thing that the fans who are just not really race fans it's kind of like other places you have the novelty stuff that happens the school buses whatnot but the big rigs was such a huge success uh, they will be coming back in July. Uh, of course, you have the iconic Firecracker Weekend and the Halloween 200 Weekend are back. CRA is on the schedule. Um, and this weekend, I'm glad you alluded to, because I forgot to mention that uh, there is going to be a practice session Saturday, I believe. Could you touch on that yep. a little more on the times, and is it free for spectators to come in and get a glimpse of it and whatnot? Oh, definitely. We'll open the pits at 11. Uh, probably open the spectator gates at 11. Spectators are free to come in. You can come into the grandstands and watch all the practice. We'll practice from two to six. Uh, we'll just do rotating all the way through our divisions. We'll have like three divisions on the short track and probably three divisions on the big track that will just take turns and kind of get everybody used to, to the new pavement and hopefully all goes well and they all get to you know, shake the cars down and get ready for Sunday. Then we'll come back Sunday. Uh, pits will open at eight o'clock Sunday morning. We'll open spectator gates at 10. We'll uh, start practicing at 10.30 and we'll qualify. I think we'll get qualifying about 1 o'clock. And then the first race will go at 2 o'clock. We'll have uh, the uh, Crown Vic Short Track cars. They're sponsored by uh, on-site plumbing, heat, and air this year. We'll have the Mike's Muffler and Brake Crown Vic Big Track cars, Big Track Series, we're going to call it this year. We'll have the Max Scrap Metal uh, Legend cars. And we'll also have also the Diesel Boys Gas series which is you know that's the big series of races here that that's our main series that we run here they always put on a great show great group of racers we'll also have the good old scrapper division that they started out here last year and had some success i mean can they couldn't ask for a more fun division to watch on the racetrack that's that's for sure yeah yeah glenn fun to watch on the racetrack but try calling one of those races uh, that, that's uh, that's something I'm looking forward to this weekend again, uh, being behind the mic there at Salem Speedway. But last year, I'll never forget it. It was, of course, you knew how the lights were on the infield. There was hardly oh, any yeah. lights, and you had, I think we had 30 of them out there. And yep. that was probably when I needed my Tylenol the most in the booth is uh, trying to remember everyone. Because, you know, to be a good announcer, I always say you want to get the names right. But sometimes sure. it goes above and beyond what you can handle. But I'm looking forward to that. I know a lot of those scrapper guys are indeed looking forward to that. I mean, it's inexpensive, right? I mean, you, you got right. people that want to be out there. Everyone wants to put a helmet on and have some fun. But reality is not everyone can afford a gas car or even a Crown Vic. I'll be totally honest. Crown Vics these days, they're they're up there. I mean, the cost is up there. You know how divisions evolve. But a scrapper, you can get maybe $250 at a junkyard or $300, $400, $500, somewhere in there. You know, it don't have to be anything. You can go to your dad's junkyard on his property and get one and just build it up and race it. But um, it's really cool that you guys are bringing that back. I mean, you have to talk about the iconic Firecracker 200 weekend. It's huge July 4th weekend. 
Um, Halloween 200 weekend. I am very excited for that event. That is uh, one that uh, people are always looking at at the end of the season to have fun. Some big races, no matter where you go in the month of October, anywhere in in our area. So uh, Halloween 200 definitely up there. But uh, this weekend is huge for so many reasons. I mean, new ownership, uh, you know, new general manager there at Salem Speedway, new changes. I mean, it's hard to believe that season is here already. Oh yeah. yeah, especially since we had such a late start. Just we Nick really didn't get the track till right there at the beginning of January. And I I didn't come till like January seventh, so we got a little bit of a late start. I told him I said it's going to be going to be hectic, and you know with some of the stuff he decided to do with the pavement stuff made it a little more hectic. Uh, it's not going to be perfect, and and please, you know I hope you know racers and fans alike will understand it's it's a process. I mean we're going to be. There'll be some things that we won't do right. Some things we will do right. And, you know, let us know what we're not doing right because we want to correct those. It'll be something that we want to do during the season. We want to make everybody's experience good and keep people coming back out here. I mean, this place needs the fans. It needs the racers. We've had great sponsor support. We've got to thank all those people for supporting this place, and we want to keep it going. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, before we close, and I thank you for taking time, but – uh, what would you like to say to all the fans, drivers, crews out there coming into the 2023 season at Salem Speedway? Well, I'd, I'd say not only Salem Speedway, but I think just short track racing in general. I just I think people just got to keep supporting it. I mean, we, I think, you know, I'm a short track fan. I've always been a short track fan. Um, you know, I know people like NASCAR, but I think people, they come out to these short tracks, especially a track like Salem, and just see the exciting racing that goes on. And to be there in the stands and feel it and smell it and hear it, I just think it's, it's huge. I mean, people, when they come out here, they'll love the place and they'll want to come back. And I think, I just hope people will do that. Just you know, give us an opportunity and give every short track an opportunity. Yeah, no doubt. And Glenn, I speak for a lot of people in 2023 that we are all excited. Uh, I know I am to be back behind the mic and whatnot. Uh, it's just a historic track and everyone's loving what you guys are doing with it. But uh, thank you for taking the time to sit down and doing the interview. Everyone and I do appreciate it, my friend. No problem. We're looking forward to it. And that was Glenn Luckett, the new GM of the historic Salem Speedway. Coming up next will be the upcoming schedule preview for the weekend. And again, we want to thank Mr. Glenn Luckett for coming on today, sharing some of his insight. Always good to catch up with Mr. Glenn Luckett. But okay, up next, part three of the show, we'd like to preview the upcoming schedule for the weekend. And uh, man, Hawk, we have a busy, busy schedule again. But uh, you're going to be somewhere this Friday night. And could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, the uh, KKR, Kentucky Racing uh, Carts, are going to be in action again for their second event. They're going to be back on their regular night, Friday night. They run selected Fridays. They opened up on a Sunday a couple weeks ago, but now they're going to get back onto their regular schedule. So this Friday night, uh, 7.45 start, the uh, carts will be in action on Friday night at Sportsdrome. And then, uh, of course, Saturday night, uh, they'll be back in action for – uh, what I call a regular show plus. So it'll be the modified figure eight sportsman, Ford Oval, Ford figure eight plus. They're going to have my race eight pro front wheel drives on the oval. And they're also going to have LRS 102 night. So a lot more be uh, uh, put out on that during the week. So be checking Facebook for all the information on that. Yeah, that's pretty exciting uh, that LRS and uh, whatnot and all the jockeys are going to have a little fun race out there with the Fords. And, uh, you know, man, it's just 
it's just really cool because used to be back in the day, I remember Louisville Motor Speedway did a lot of disc jockey races out there, and it was pretty neat as well. But uh, that that's pretty cool. But uh, up at the Indianapolis Speedrome, the Browns Oil Service Link Model Figure 8 is back in action with a 50-lap main event. Also on hand will be the Mini Late Model 8, Oval, Street Stocks, Legends, and Adult Fast Cards. But also this Friday night, Bloomington Speedway finally going to get ready for their opener if Mother Nature would give us a break and the weather looks phenomenal. It's a big one. It will be the USAC 410 National Sprint Cars, Super Stocks, and the Lightning Sprints from my buddy Kevin Bear, my race director at Circle Cities Division, the Midwest Mini Sprint Association. Now, Harold, that's one track that you actually like as well. And we talk about this a lot. You haven't been a dirt guy, um, but you started going to the dirt tracks. But, man, Bloomington Speedway, awesome facility. Yeah, we both uh, checked it out for the first time last season, I guess it was. And uh, I was very impressed, and so were you. Uh, the grounds looked beautiful there. And it was some really good racing. It was a, a really nice, a- nice atmosphere and everything, and uh, we really enjoyed it. Yeah, pretty cool. And, of course, a track that you haven't been to yet, Florence Speedway. This Saturday night, they will finally again try to have the Spring 50 for the Florence Speedway for the Super Late Models. 10,000 to win. Also in action will be the UMP Modifieds, Crate Modified, or excuse me, Crate Late Models, and the Hornets as well. Lake Cumberland Speedway down in Burnside, Kentucky, will be hosting their opener this week. It will be the American All-Star Late Models, 3,000 to win, along with the Modifieds, Super Stocks, Hobby Stocks, and Front Wheel Drive. And there you go. There's those names again, Hawk. Hobby Stocks and Front Wheel Drives. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting to see how people like to, uh, different tracks, like to uh, term their uh, divisions and everything. And most of the time, you kind of know exactly what you're getting into when you see that. But, like, sometimes when we go to these new tracks and stuff, we we are kind of wondering, well, I wonder what this one is. So it's kind of neat to see uh, exactly what they bring out on the track whenever they mention some of these uh, different names for different divisions. Yeah, I believe last year it was, or maybe it was the year before. It might have been last year. I don't know. you had have to help me with this. You and I were going to try to go to, it was the year before, because you and I were going to try to go to Nashville Speedway, Fairground Speedway, and we went to Clarksville Speedway in Tennessee. So yep. it was the year before last. And there was a division there. I don't know, Hawk, you might have to help me out. What was the, there was a really different car, and you said, I can't believe what I'm seeing. I forgot what that division was. Uh, yeah, I done forgot it too. There was a lot of different weird, uh, <laughs> old school cars in that division. Yeah. I had to look and see what it was, but we, we were like, what is going on with this? <laughs> yeah, it was neat. You know, that's just, you know, why I brought that up because to what you alluded to, so many tracks have different names of divisions. You're like, ah, we have an idea what that is, but do we really? And most tracks we go to, we really don't know what we're getting in when we see that. But, uh, it's very different, but uh, anyways, back to what we're doing. Paragon Speedway, the ultimate heart of America, super late models invade Paragon this week alongside the Mooresville Welding Superstocks, the Nelson Contracting Bombers, and the Williams Tree Service Company Hornets are in action at Paragon Speedway. Very cool to see that. Ultimate Heart of America Super Late Models will be eventually at Circle City, sanctioning the C.J. Rayburn Memorial Race on May 19th. More information will be released soon on that. We're very excited. Then, of course, Lincoln Park Speedway will be having the 410 Sprint Car Action, UMP Modifieds, Super Stocks Bombers this Saturday night as well. And then, of course, Lawrenceburg Speedway is in action this Saturday night with the Kelsey Chevrolet Sprint Cars, Koi Auto Parts Modifieds, Impact Pure Socks, and Bessler's U-Pull and Save Hornets. But, Hawk, let's not forget about a place that is happening on this Sunday. We talked to Glenn Luckett about it a little bit earlier, but it's the Salem Speedway Rebirth. I call it the 2023 opener 
I'm very excited for this. 8 o'clock in the morning, going to have to get up early, driver's meeting. 10 o'clock in the morning, spectator gates. Gas qualifying at 115, pre-race show 155, and 2 o'clock racing begins. Max Auto and Scrap Recycling Legends. Crown Vicks on the small track. Diesel Boys Gas Series, 50 laps on the high banks. Crown Vicks on the high banks, 35 laps. And Scrappers, 25 laps. I'm going to have you helping me a little bit, I believe. But uh, Salem Speedway, a lot of exciting things there, Hawk. Hey, everybody's excited about this. Everybody's wanting to see exactly how this track's going to go this year. A lot of changes everywhere, as you said, ownership changes. Everybody, different places, different people in places up there. And as we was talking earlier, a lot of different new things going on up there, new stuff, new improvements, changes. Everybody's really anxious to see exactly what this season brings up there at Salem Speedway. So, Harold, what are you more excited about at Salem Speedway? What are you excited about? Last year, we can't stop thinking about the 200-lap Crown Vic on the high banks. But, man, there's so many things on the schedule this year. I mean, you even have the big rigs coming back. You have the Halloween 200 weekend and more surprises in store with that. But how about this? I think you and I were both surprised the most at the new asphalt going down. How about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's something that's been talked about for years, you know, up there that it needs to be paved and paved. And, you know, you go out there on the track, you walk you know, to the infield and back and you walk across the track and uh, out there in the pit area and stuff. And you're saying, man, it's, this track really does need it. So it's really a welcome thing. Uh, something that just needed to be done. So that's another thing that's going to play into uh, the factor this year is uh, new asphalt on the straightaways. Yeah, definitely. There's, uh, you know, Glenn talked about it in the interview. There's so many, so many changes coming. Uh, the new concession stand, uh, the landscaping, the sign, the scoreboards coming in, the new asphalt. I mean, th- there's so much to look forward to uh, that a lot of people are talking about. Uh, you know, you look at the small track Crown Vicks, they're back, the, the high bank Crown Vic. Uh, you know, Brandon Hooker and Diesel Boys have came on as the title sponsor for the Great American Stocks. That's pretty impressive there. You have Mike's Mufflers coming on for the Crown Vicks. Uh, you have the Legend Series. I mean, how about that? The Legend Series sponsored this year. Max Auto and Scrap Recycling. You know, there, there's so many good things. And Legend Features are wanting, or excuse me, Legend Cars are really wanting place to race in the area. You know, a lot of tracks aren't running them anymore because of the car counts. Let's just be totally honest. But uh, Salem Speedway giving those guys a chance to run. Yeah, and you know who knows where that'll end up going. I mean, maybe the car count will go up, and uh, they like the race in there, and uh, you know the car count's uh, looking pretty good all the way around. So uh, be good to see those guys out there too on the short track. Yep, no doubt. And uh, I'll allude to something that Glenn Luckett and I talked about in the interview, and that was this Saturday. I believe from 1 or 1.30 to 6 p.m. will be practice at Salem Speedway. And uh, one one thing that he really tuned into, Hawk, and, and you'll find this interesting is, and he's right, this will be the first time any car, not any car that's tested, nobody, this will be the first time any car has seen the new asphalt. How about that? Well, that's going to make things even more interesting. I mean, they will have that full day of practice before the racing the next day, but uh, teams are going to be scrambling, if you will, 
to try to figure out the correct setup. I mean, a lot of those guys are veterans up there. They kind of know what to do. But now this is going to throw a little wrench into the system. So those teams are going to be scrambling to try to figure out. I'm sure they'll be burning the midnight oil Saturday night into Sunday trying to make the correct changes and get the victory lane. Well, what you just alluded to, yeah, it's a setup, but now guess what? You're actually <laughs> you're actually in a transition mode because you're going to be hitting brand-new pavement on the straightaways and the same bumpy corners on 1 and 2 and 3 and 4. Yeah, exactly. I've heard some drivers say that you may pick up some more speed going down the fr- uh, straightaways, and then you're going to hit the old turn. So how's the car going to react? Uh, well, who knows? Well, it's like autocross on the high banks. How about that? Because you're going to be in some different terrain. But like you said, those are the best street stock Ford drivers in the country, no matter where you go. I mean, to race on a 33-degree high bank racing surface at Salem Speedway, they know what they're doing. And if they don't, they'll figure it out very, very quickly. Well, Hawk, huge weekend of racing coming. Uh, A huge weekend. I don't even know how to emphasize that anymore. But what's your final thoughts going into this weekend? I mean, here we are the third weekend in April. It's hard to believe it's already fast-forwarding to the third weekend in April of racing. And for some, it will be, I believe, the final weekend, or is there four weeks in this month? I I forgot. Thunder over Louisville is the 22nd, which will deter a lot of people, but uh, maybe there's one more weekend after that, I think, possibly. But, uh, yes, there is the 29th. I'm looking at my schedule here, and the 29th and 30th will be the last weekend in April. So five weekends in the month of April. So uh, that that's pretty interesting. But what's your final thoughts, Hawk? Well, I'm going to try to get as much rest as I can before this weekend. Of course, uh, a lot of racing going on, and I'm just hoping that the weather holds out and uh, we can get all the racing in as we can on schedule. Everything goes good. Everybody has a good time, and we see some good crowds and some good car counts. No doubt. We've seen a great weekend of racing. Uh, Of course, you and I have been stabled. Uh, Friday night, I was at Circle City on the home track of what I do now. Uh, You were settled up at Sports Drum Speedway. And this weekend, we're going to be spread all over. So uh, it's going to be fun. We'll have a lot to talk about next week on Episode 4. So stay tuned on that one. You don't want to miss that show. But wow, what an episode this week of the Wild Will Throwdown Episode 3. We'll wrap it up. As always, I want to say thank you to all the production staff at Dirt 2 Media for their help on the production. Dustin, Ryan, uh, Andrew, Nathan, Bobby, all of those guys over there, they know what they're doing. And uh, always check out Dirt2Media.tv uh, for all of your views. But I also want to give them a shout-out. You can tune in to Salem Speedway this weekend. You can tune into uh Brownstown Speedway. You can tune into all that on Dirt 2 Media. I would like to thank, as always, my co-host, Mr. Hawk Carroll Adams, for being on with me each week here on the show. I would, of course, like to thank Brandon White and the White's Auto Sales for being the title sponsor of the 2023 season of the Wild Will Throwdown. And as always, thank you drivers, crews, and fans for making the show very successful. Without you, none of this will be possible. But for now, I'm your host, Wild Will Greenwell, and I will see you around the turn. See you next week.